Garçon, coffee. Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year, and welcome to the Coffee and Death Sticks podcast. My name is Kevin Romani. And I am Danny Marchant. Danny reminded me we have completely overlooked an anniversary film for 2022, and that is 1992's Batman Returns. In our world of, oh, is this a Christmas movie that Die Hard has spawned? Danny and I are both so sick of that conversation, at least I'm assuming you are. (laughs) Any movie that has any sort of wintry scene or Christmas setting is now deemed a Christmas movie. But if we're looking at Christmas-adjacent movies, Batman Returns is one that holds a special place in both of our hearts. So we thought this would be a great, appropriate time to do a commentary track, something we haven't done since spring of 21 when we looked at X-Men Origins Wolverine. There is a lot to talk about with this movie. There was a Batman movie that came out earlier this year. As I mentioned, this is in its anniversary. It's set at Christmas. And Danny has much more of an affinity for this movie than I do. So we thought this would be a fun one to look back and talk about. It also started so many different superhero movie trends and cliches. So we will be providing a commentary track for a movie that we had nothing to do with, and that is 1992's Batman Returns. (laughs) I am streaming this right now on HBO Max. I actually own this on DVD thanks to Danny gifting it to me a number of years ago, funny enough. And Danny, what method are you using to watch Batman Returns? I am watching this film on Glorious VHS, the VHS tape that I wore out watching when I was a child, when this was my favorite Batman movie for a solid decade. Nice. It's got sentimental value to me, this tape that I'm watching it on right now. Well, without further ado, however you are going to watch along with Batman Returns, Danny and I are going to start the movie right now. And there is the glorious old school Warner Brothers logo. Whenever I see this logo, I think of the two Timber and Batman movies. Likewise. Yeah. Cobblepot, which... When I was very little, I I assumed the Penguin didn't have a name in the comics, and I thought Cobblepot was a Tim Burton creation because Oswald Cobblepot is the most Tim Burton name. (laughs) Well, that's already maybe a good starting point. So you prefer Batman Returns to Batman 89, is that correct? Yeah, it's very close, but yes. Okay. And that is exclusively, I think, because we didn't have Batman 89 on VHS. We had this on VHS. So this was the one I watched the most. I, so there is a familiarity. Familiar. Familiar. Forget it. I was very familiar with this movie. <laughs> and uh, whereas Batman 89, I remember like, it had its like a network premiere or it was on TV. It was like a big event to watch Batman 89 on television. Mm-hmm. And we watched it as a family. So it definitely stayed in my mind as like this big thing. My aunt had a copy of the movie on VHS. It was like the most, I just like couldn't believe there was a Batman movie that was like, that was quote unquote serious. But this was the one I watched all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, when I wanted a Batman fix, this is what I had. So I think that's why this has a, soft spot in my heart 
I think I watched this more as a kid too, because the first one obviously came out before we were born. So I think this one lingered theatrically long enough that when it came out on VHS, my parents got it. So I kind of had it in the house. So I do think I watched this one more. And I remember for a while, I confused what was in which movie. Um, but mm. watching them later, I grew to prefer the original, the 1989. What I love about the 1989 movie is I, I think of it in thirds. It's like one third a Tim Burton movie. It's one third a Batman movie. And it's one third an 80s movie. And it's just like weird hodgepodge marriage that works really well. I think, I think it captures a lot of the best of Batman. This one is 90% Tim Burton. And yeah, and I like Tim Burton. I want, I want to be clear. I like Tim Burton, but the, the Batman of it all, I think is missing in this movie, even though there are some very good, quick Batman moments in Batman Returns. Yes. I mean, some of my favorite Batman moments are in this. And I think Tim Burton had no interest in making this. The condition on which he returned was, you have to let me make it my own movie. Like I have to have more creative uh, input. Um, so yeah. So the, the, just everything from the overall production design, from, from the tone, from the themes, it's so much more Burton than Batman 89, which was not a work for hire, obviously, but it's him working within the strictures of it needs to be a Batman 80s blockbuster, whereas this is blank check, knock your socks off, and he certainly did that. Yeah. And I, and I admire that. I mean, this, Yes, no, absolutely. This this is this is like uncut Burton. This is just the the his interpretation of the penguin, his interpretation of Catwoman. Uh Michael Keaton has told stories about he, Batman had a lot more dialogue in this movie and he just said just cut it. You don't need to have Batman talk. I mean, Batman is a very silent character in this film. Uh which I think works. Uh but this is the penguin Catwoman. I mean, the opening sequence is the Penguin. the The soundtrack uh, titles is "Birth of the Penguin," mm-hmm. so it's clear which character Tim Burton was drawn to emotionally was the weirdo who lives in the sewer and has no friends except for circus clowns and penguins. So, whereas the first Batman is much more of a much more of a mix between his visuals and sense of humor. But it's a fairly standard, like, comic book 1980s movie. Um, and even here, like, Daniel Waters, like, Sam Hamm wrote the first one. But Daniel Waters wrote this one. And Daniel Waters is Heathers. Like, he's very yes. much in line with Tim Burton's whole whole vibe. Right. Yeah, and I was reading a bit more about this. And it was originally going to be more of a direct sequel. And that was not what Burton wanted. And, you know, like you said, I do think for this movie, I, I'm not opposed to the idea of having Batman just be Batman. You know, it's not his origin story. It's him kind of, I think you expressed it well. It's kind of like, this is like an adventure of what Batman does on his off time. You know, like, this is just what it's like yeah. to be Batman. Like, it's it's not one yes. of his, like, 
intricately it's not involving him specifically and he just has to show up to like stop these wackos from being <laughs> from taking over yeah. the city well that's why it's a christmas movie to me because yep. this is as if you had like a little mini series around christmas in the comics like oh a, Bat- a batman christmas adventure mm-hmm. like the point isn't to tell a batman story the point is to tell a christmas story with batman characters in it right and there's a nice big Christmas tree right there. And those uh, figures, those little fascist statues on either side, those that kind of stuff was in the first, um, the first movie. But this is a lot more heightened. Yeah. Um, the The first movie almost felt like it didn't take place in any particular time. This one feels like it takes place in. If the 30s never ended, basically. Yes. Which, yeah, the first one has a little bit of that with, like, the cars and phones and the the Gotham Gazette but or whatever street... it is. But... Yeah, but there's, like, street punks and mohawks and stereos. Yes, it's, it's very... This is just fully... The 30s never ended, and that's still... Apart from a couple of little gadgets and, like, Selena's apartment, this is so, so like, Depression-era New York City uh, style. And the German expressionism is quite apparent, especially with the name of Christopher Walken's character that we just saw in that building, Max Schreck. Oh, is there is there German expressionism? <laughs> I love Batman German expressionism. We talked about that with the Batman that just came out this past year. Um, yeah, he's a shadowy <laughs> creature who operates in the night. He's per- you're just laughing at his. Per- at his I'm just look I'm just laughing. At- <laughs> Yeah, Christopher Walken is a sight gag in this movie that works every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like that the mayor here looks like a standard '90s, you know, late '80s, early '90s mayor. Um, and then you cut to, <laughs> then you, you cut, cut to, to the, and then you cut to the 1930s <laughs> German man. He's got gloves. Yeah, and I mean, this is my, I mean, this is my earliest. Christopher Walken has been like in my DNA because of how much I watched this movie. You're not conscious. The first time you come across him, you're not conscious of why he's so interesting. But as you get older, you realize, Oh, it's because why is he talking like that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like why, why he's so different from other actors. His look to, and his expression. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She also looks out of the 90s. I, anytime yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer is Selena Kyle, especially in these early scenes where she's very tepid and not yet Catwoman, this just reminds me of the 90s. Her apartment reminds me of the 90s. Oh, yeah. So I think that's probably the most out of place from the rest of the, like you said, like the 30s just continuing. But that's one of the things I really like about the 89 version is I like that it's like, hey, these comics have been around for 50 years now. So our adaptation the first you know real big one from a studio is going to be representative of all different phases of batman so you have characters dressed like they're in the 30s but you know then you have the intrusive prince soundtrack from the 80s that's very (laughs) 80s uh you have some of the camp that's reminiscent of the 60s you know then you have like the mob stuff that's more 40s 50s 30s also so yeah I, i love how that one is just representative of so many different times. And like you said, I think this one really goes, um, goes with the thirties theme and continues that, which is, which is a perfectly valid approach 
um, to Batman, I think, but it is jarring. It's immediately jarring, visually jarring from the first one. But I like that though. I like that it's different. Um, well, it's still a lot of sets. We talked about that too. This whole thing is oh sets and this set in particular is used over and over and over again. Some of the street shots that we've already seen. Gotham is a very small city in mm-hmm. the Tim Burton, Joel Schumacher, uh, verse the schumacher films have more locations but the two burton ones specifically everything takes place in a very limited area these two statues that you highlighted earlier those remind me of a lot of the set direction in the schumacher movies when they have those massive statuettes figure figures that you know um like that in batman and robin when they're actually riding down them that's kind of what that's reminding me of that's a great yeah. scene, Danny. Isn't that a great scene when when Robin, when Batman stops Robin from making the jump and almost kills him? I can't wait for nineteen for twenty twenty seven when we can do our commentary <laughs> for Batman and Robin. Oh, that'll be fun. This actor, by the way, that they cast to play Max Shrek's son, such good casting. Mm. He has such a good like walking quality. He he mimics his weird, you know, New York cadence. I just I've always really liked that. Got a good um, jaw, like, dad. Like, yeah, yeah, he's got the weird jaw. Um, yeah, this is this is. I mean, I think a lot of people have, have said this. A lot of people have said this. I don't think. I think uh, what's that? Alex Ross, the, mm. the um, comic book artist that does the very like painterly uh, comic book uh, art. He has said that you know you invent a character that doesn't exist in the Batman comics. You name him after a German expressionist actor. You cast Christopher Walken in it, and he's the most memorable part of the movie for a lot of people. And of course, I mean, it's Christopher Walken. Like, he makes such a... Oh, there's a black guy. There's, like, hardly any black people in Tim Burton movies. I just wanted to call that out. <laughs> there he is, front and center. Yeah, we should say... Yeah. Um, this is Danny and I are both a fan. I haven't listened to it in a number of years now, but Mark Bernard and Kevin Smith do fun commentary tracks for these first four movies. And Mark Bernard yes. brings in a perspective that... Uh, I hadn't heard when analyzing these movies of, you know, this uh, urban large metropolis city has no black people in it or any people of color. That's, huh. But yeah, Tim Burton, not a lot of diverse (laughs) diverse representation. I mean, Billy D. Williams is in the first movie. And I think that's one of the biggest tragedies of this series is that we never got Billy D. as uh, Two-Face. Yes. Um, there's a comic book miniseries that Sam Hamm wrote that is supposed to be like a continuation of these two movies. And the whole thing is that it's the Bailey D Williams, uh, Harvey Dent. Uh, yeah. But like, see that cop car is like such a nineties cop car. Mm-hmm. Um, but Billy D Williams, it shows him becoming two face. Like what if they could have made a Batman three with this team, mm-hmm. this is my favorite Batman As, thing. This ever, is the best part of the whole movie. This is so good. He has nothing to do except wait. (laughs) So good. And that's a great shot. Now, is this Christmas? Yes. And that's. Are we Christmas Eve uh, or is it early December? I think this is like. It's like the Batman. It's like the week of Halloween. So I think this is like the week. This is like Christmas week. Okay. Um. That's something I love about these two, these first two movies is there's so many shots like that that make absolutely no sense, but it's just a cool shot. It's like a cool Batman shot. What if Bruce Wayne stands up and the 
bat signal is silhouetted behind him. That's something that I think superhero movies should do more that modern superhero movies don't do enough. Mm-hmm. Needlessly posed kind of ridiculous. If you think about them in the real, uh, like there's that shot from the dark Knight with him standing on the rubble of the warehouse where, uh, Rachel died. Like, why is he just standing there? Well, because it looks cool. Cause it's a great <laughs> Batman shot. That's why he's standing there <laughs> so that we can have a cool shot of Batman looking like Batman. I just wish there was more stuff like that in, these types of movies like comic splash pages right that those are yes. that's what comic books use frequently to show their heroes and to highlight yes. the heroism and their cool look like yeah we want a little substance with these but the big draw of these characters that are for kids are they look cool so show your yes. show your hero looking cool i'm paraphrasing and stealing from Mike Stoklas of Red Letter Media, but this is all based on depression era schlock for children. <laughs> like at a certain point you need to cool it with the art film pretensions. <laughs> and that's something I think people forget about Nolan is he never forgot that he was making a superhero film. Um, you know, I think Nolan, Richard Donner, that's like the way to do it. Quote unquote, realistically. But there's a, a lot of people like this approach, this ridiculous, <laughs> over-the-top, not-at-all-the-real-world, but that's okay. Some people prefer this, and I think that's totally fair. Can we start Batman's kill count in this movie? That's one, at least. So that's number one. Maybe even more, but I think just one. I think those other two. Was there something that we were seeing on screen with Batman fighting clowns with machine guns? Did that make you think of schlocky, pulpy depression era comic books yes like it's 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 doesn't mean it's bad it's just it's it's just for kids um of course that's one of the longest debates about this movie is like should children watch this movie as a child who watched this movie i was fine i think i turned out fine (laughs) (laughs) well you're it's it's christmas night and you're talking to uh, a friend on the internet watching a movie that you grew up watching when you were two years old. So I don't know. I haven't if that's... fed my son in hours. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if we're okay, but hey, I guess we're doing better than Bruce Wayne, who's sitting by himself waiting for the city Just to need him. Waiting to do Batman shit. Waiting to do Batman shit. He's so lonely. I love it's Michelle great. Pfeiffer. This is she is so good. I definitely had a crush on her as a kid because of this yeah, role. For sure. But she does a really good job of... Um, her performance actually reminds me a lot of Christopher Reeve in the first two Superman movies where she yes. does a great job of being this like mousy, weak, you know, secretary, unmemorable secretary that once the transformation happens, she becomes a very intimidating, scary character. And I love that part. Yeah. Once, once she's possessed by cat magic, she, she gets, it's her groove. Yeah. I love the, uh, the, you know, she's obviously not, she's probably from a small town outside of the city and she regrets moving to the big city. Her life is kind of sad. You know, the scene where she destroys her apartment, like, Oh, that's so this poor lady. Everything went south. Um, and then yeah, she just becomes this this uh, <laughs> this cat burglar of like this like sort of uh, 
antithesis to Batman, which I thought was an interesting mm-hmm. approach. Instead of being a cat burglar, she like does what Batman does, but meaner. Yes. This is such a Tim Burton shot. I, I like this set a lot. Oh, yeah. That's something I like when they do this and they do a lot of this in Batman. They did it, they do it in mask of the phantasm with the uh, world's fair that the Joker hides out. in. Hmm. I like in Batman movies when they, when there are run down disused things from Gotham's past or things that never came to fruition. Hi. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that. That Gotham is, is like a city that never improves and and had all this promise and is just a cesspool. It makes it a lot more easier to wrap your head around. Of course, this city needs a Batman. Yeah. This movie, like I hinted at in my intro sets the tone for a lot of future superhero movies. Uh, Some Mm -hmm. ways good. Some ways are bad. This reminds me of the Nolan movies in a lot of ways where there's, I think too much plot going on too many characters Mm-hmm. And then it sets that bad precedent of so many movies after this, especially the next two Batman movies, having to have two villains. And then what this one yes. really does that's too much is having two origins for each villain. You know, so the opening, at, at least the Penguin is sort of established when you meet him here in present day, but your prologue mm-hmm. to the movie is how he is orphaned, how he, you know, becomes this sewer rat this is this is how he becomes frank reynolds and (laughs) anytime anytime frank and always sunny says something about going down to the sewers or finding something under the i just picture him as the penguin as oswald cobblepot but then you do the the full um super super villain origin thing with selena so you have both of these things going on but then you just touch on something that I think is really interesting where there are good themes and visual ideas going on in this movie that are unsaid and said. So the idea and why it also ties into being a good Christmas movie is a lot of it is it's about family and you dropping the Carrie Fisher thing (laughs) in right now, but you know, you see (laughs) orphans who went in different directions, you know, one who was intentionally abandoned, one who wasn't. And then you see, you know, what the city has done to Selena and what gross capitalism has done to her and what she turns into. Like you said, she's sort of like the inverse Batman. But I like a lot of the stuff about Gotham City itself. And my favorite villain in this movie is Max Shrek. Not just because of Christopher Walken's performance. Like you said, I think, you know, just his persona and look is what's so memorable in the movie. For me, I don't remember him as a kid. I remember Penguin and Catwoman. But in adulthood yes. watching this movie, he's he is why there's a Batman. It's people like yes. him that has resulted in Gotham becoming what it is and why there needs to be a Batman. These two are like side characters that are this bizarre Tim Burton <laughs> uh, response to Gotham City. But like the Batman of the comics and, you know, the Batman mostly and like the Nolan Batman and even the Batman that just came out did a good job of this is Batman exists because Gotham city is a cesspool and Max Shrek exactly. is really like systematically why Gotham city is the way that it is. 
Exactly. Yes. He would have, Oswald would have just stayed in the sewers gathering all kinds of blackmail. He, but it's Mac Shrek who bankrolls him and gets him to run for mayor. Uh, you know, he's the one that drives the penguin to, of course, this is something that I think some, I can't remember the name of the writer, but some writer came in to do a uncredited rewrite. And his addition was the penguins plan in this movie, which is to uh, kidnap all the children, <laughs> all the firstborn children of Gotham and drown them, which, you know, makes him a little less sympathetic. Uh, in the Daniel Waters, Tim Burton version, it's just kind of like a bunch of scenes of, wacky characters and there was sort of no reason for the for batman to be mad at the penguin and so they invent this thing of that he's you know gonna kill children but clearly the original idea was that were it not for shrek uh the penguin wouldn't have bothered anybody he would have just been this weirdo who lives in the sewers to quote hedley lamar if i were talking about the penguin's plot too jewish (laughs) <laughs> yeah very subtle <laughs> so i don't know what it's i don't know what it's referring to there's a couple things like that because the penguin is 33 in this movie oh, which is the jesus yeah it says gotham 33 i mean i don't know how old he is when they throw him off a bridge um <laughs> but uh when paul rubens um uh, throws uh yeah throws i love that I read that that was meant to be Burgess Meredith, but his um, he wasn't healthy enough to do it at the time. But that would have been a nice little homage. But I like that it's Paul Rubens. Holy... Burgess Meredith was still alive in 1992. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Or at least 1991. <laughs> I... Or 19... <laughs> yeah, I he died so. in 1992. That would be funny. There's something about this set. I don't like know. He's I... a great penguin, but yeah, Tim Burton is the one who thought up how about he's a deformed creature with webbed hands and a and a beak nose and oozes black bile from his mouth which you know i didn't know that that wasn't what the penguin was supposed to be like i didn't care it's funny how much these movies informed my understanding of what the characters were in the comics because i also thought that yeah. that's what the penguin was and i also thought that this is what catwoman was Yes. It was what's very interesting about this movie and the timing of it coming out was this was also when the animated series premiered. I think yeah. I want to say the animated series started in like the summer or uh fall though of 1992, so after this movie. But my understanding yeah. was they were building that show to to sort of pair with the Burton movies. So that's why the Batmobile is the same, they use the Danny Elfman theme. Uh, Harvey Dent is black. He doesn't look like Billy Day Williams, but he's at least he's a man of color. Um, but the, the voice actors, the voice actors, Moose from uh, Night Court. Oh, is it really? I did not know. Yeah, that. it's Richard Mall. Oh, yeah. Well, that's fun. But yes, yeah. No, you're right. It, it, uh, yeah, that they clearly wanted it to be reminiscent of Billy D. But they steered away from any sort of this origin for Selena and I believe also for yeah. Penguin. Penguin was more the traditional mob, you know, mob character from the comics. And then Selena was just a cat burglar. Um, yeah. The Penguin's like a, he's like a sleaze bag with pretensions to high society like that. He he mm-hmm. wants to live a different life than he lives, but he's really just a, a crook. 
um, which is sort of this. Like he hit the penguin wants to live among the people. Um, he's just also a hideously deformed circus freak <laughs> <laughs> who's in charge of a clown gang. Yeah, I'm looking at her right now and I'm picturing the scene in Superman when yes. he debates telling Lois who he is and he his shoulders straighten up and he takes his glasses off and becomes Superman. She could yes. right now in this scene do that and turn into the we'll we'll just say cat we'll say she's Selena Kyle now and then she becomes Catwoman, I think for you know, that that'll keep it easier to keep track of what we're actually talking about, but I could so yeah. see her doing that with this performance. I did not know Annette Bening like, was originally cast in the role and then was pregnant. Yes. Yeah. And and then when, when Annette Bening had to drop out, um, Sean Young, that poor woman, <laughs> took her shot and showed up to the studio dressed up as Catwoman, hoping to get this part after having lost out on the Vicky Vale part in the first movie. Yeah. Because uh, I think she, she fell off a horse and wasn't able to do it. Yep. Um, poor Sean Young. Never quite happened for her. I think she would have been good in this role too. Oh I, yeah, I, no, Sean Young would have been great as Vicky Vale. She would have been good as Selena. But I mean, come on, Michelle Pfeiffer. She's oh yeah, she's so good. I love that viral clip of her hitting all the mannequins on. I you know yes. I don't know if it was the first try, but the footage is unedited, and she hit every single one of them, and it looked good. Exactly. Yeah, in the movie, it's cut, but she did it for real, which mm-hmm. is very impressive. I just, he's just so good. And I love that his plot is he wants power, literally. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's a metaphor. <laughs> literally just <laughs> wants power. <laughs> they have a little reunion in the movie Hairspray, the musical. Oh, yeah, oh, 07, something like that with yes. John Travolta. Yeah, Zac yeah, yeah. Efron. Yeah, yeah. He plays uh, uh, Tracy Turnblad's father, and Michelle Pfeiffer plays the villain, Velma Von Tassel, I think is her name, and she tries to seduce him, and he's just he just is too interested in toys. Um, oh, that's no. a good movie. John Travolta is in it, and he's absolutely appalling and terrible in it. Yeah, um, he's uh, Edna, the mother, which is always traditionally a like a drag performance. Yeah, I don't know what Travolta's doing in that movie, but it's not good. Walken, however, is delightful in that film, as is Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, like this isn't Catwoman's origin. No. <laughs> now, did you do you take this to mean that she dies and comes back, or that it was just a bad fall? Um, I don't think it matters. It does. It really doesn't at, matter. There have been times where I'm like, this is cat magic and then there are times where it's just like yeah really bad fall and she obviously a bunch of cats licking her wakes her up and it's that which you know she snaps um because of you know what happened to her obviously but that she's she doesn't actually have nine lives now um but i think you can interpret it either way if she's being revived by cat magic um yeah, because in the comics she's just a she's just a cat burglar. Um, there really isn't any more to it than that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what she is in the Nolan uh, in Dark Knight Rises. And there's that there's that part where she flips up her goggles and it kind of looks like cat ears. Mm-hmm. I thought really that was it. a neat 
that was the perfect way yeah. to make Catwoman a character in the Nolan verse. Yeah, and they always call her Selena. Like they never call mm-hmm. her, you know, Catwoman. Yeah, this set to me is so memorable. I don't know. I think this is where I get most nostalgic thinking about watching this as a kid for whatever reason. These these yes. scenes with her. Well, this scene also like really sticks because when you're a little kid, like this is like for a little kid, this is like a very heavy scene mm-hmm. because it's like a woman who just like loses her mind and is so sad. Yeah. <laughs> and as a little kid, you're like, oh man, like her life fell apart. That poor like, woman. That, that this is, yeah, like this is <laughs> exactly that poor woman. It's the second time. Like this is the kind of. <laughs> This is the kind of stuff that's heavy for little kids, not necessarily like violence on its own. It's like stuff like this, like thematically, this is very sad and fucked up. Mm. Like the repetition of her line, um, honey, I'm home. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, I'm not married. <laughs> like, you know, who would have been good. She kind of reminds me of sometimes um, Kim Cattrall. Yeah. Kim Cattrall could have been a good Catwoman too. Yep. Yeah, they've done pretty well with the casting of Catwoman. And the three at least. Yes. Well, oh. of course, the 2004 solo Catwoman movie with Halle Berry. That was perfect casting. But I'm thinking of the oh, three man. real ones uh, with yes. Anne Hathaway, Michelle Pfeiffer, and now Zoe um, Kravitz, just perfect, all Kravitz. three of them. Yeah, Anne Hathaway, oh, yeah, I think, is maybe the most surprising to me. Where I, like, I just grew up knowing that Michelle Pfeiffer was great, and right when Zoe Kravitz was cast, I'm, I thought that's a perfect choice. Anne Hathaway yes. kind of had me scratching my head, but I thought she was it, not too dissimilar from when Heath Ledger was cast as the Joker. I thought they were a little mm-hmm. too famous and posh to play those types of roles, but they both very much impressed me. I, I thought she was, Anne Hathaway was excellent. Oh, it, she was Barack Obama's favorite part of that movie. Oh. He talked about it in an interview. Hmm. Should have been passing bills, but he was watching. Yeah, I was going to say, you would know that. You would know that. That's a fun little tidbit. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, Anne Hathaway, she was the best part of that movie. Um, And I don't agree. She is one of the many good parts of that movie. But yeah, it's not, Christopher Nolan was really good at getting like these kind of surprising mm choices but then also like i don't danny devito as the penguin like that one doesn't i guess he's short but at the same time he doesn't play him the way they interpret him in this movie is so specific devito he got nominated for a razzie for this movie and i just find that that's outrageous he's so good in this yeah he plays it perfectly i mean he he's a disgusting he knows how to play disgusting (laughs) filthy people where's the rum ham (laughs) Yeah, Danny DeVito is a great actor. Um, and he obviously loved playing the Penguin. Like, you can tell that he's having the time of his life. Um, he doesn't complain about the prosthetics in interviews. He's just so excited that he got to play the Penguin. Mm. I know Jack Nicholson's a good friend of his. I'm sure Jack Nicholson said, you'll make so much money. That's that's exactly <laughs> what happened, actually. I, <laughs> I read, okay. I read yeah. that recently in preparation for this, that he encouraged him yeah. to do it, do it and said, financially, it's going to be great. Uh, it'll yeah. be awesome for your career. And to help with the prosthetic issue, hey, there's a reference to... For those of you listeners, yeah, that was oh. Danny's idea was to call our... Obi-Wan Kenobi episode hell here instead of 
his trademark phrase, hello there. That was clever. Um, but Danny DeVito, to help pass the time while he's getting the prosthetics on, he would watch movies and he would put it in the mirror and he would just watch it in reverse with the reflection <laughs> in his mirror. Smart. I love that. Yeah. Look at this set. These same. It's a good set. It is a good set. They they're all good sets. Hey, they stick with you, especially as a kid. It's very yeah. like dreamlike almost. A lot of these sets. Yes. Like, well, it's like a play set. When you're a kid, you mm-hmm. don't have a whole city. You just have different set pieces. Mm-hmm. And um, then it works when the movies are like this that don't take place in multiple sets. Do you think this is meant to be symbolic for the rise of the Penguin's political career? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I can't imagine that's visually what they're trying to accomplish. I'm not. I'm not sure. I don't know what the <laughs> what the goal is. This always made me think of the Lindbergh baby too. Do, do do they even outright say Lindbergh baby, or they make some sort of comparison? I don't know. I don't think they do. I think just the time um, period with all the fedoras. I was just imagining like this is as high level, yeah. as, You know, something like that. Yeah, like if the penguin hadn't intervened, this would have been a big Gotham story. Yes. How does that th- see? And this is what I like. This is what I love about this. It makes absolutely no sense that he's able to like the duck should be like it doesn't make any sense physically, but it doesn't matter. It's a little. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little. You know, it's just yeah. No one questions. I love how did he just? How did that happen? Because <laughs> it's a big operatic moment. That is a cute little outfit for that baby, though. Yeah. I just love that Max Shrek immediately just takes possession of him. <laughs> I, I understand that this is like their prearranged plan, but I just love that as far as the public goes, he just steps in and he's like, this is my good friend, Oswald the Penguin. I like this moment, too, where Bruce is seemingly optimistic, but he also, he's cautiously optimistic. Yeah. He, like he, I think he sees the worst in people, but he, he at least needs the evidence first. He is hopeful that there is something good here, but I yes. mean, how, how, how you could ever think that is, look at that <laughs> face, <laughs> that, that there's any innocence there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a face, it's not a face that only a mother could love because his mother tried to drown him. <laughs> so, yeah. I do like, it's so funny. It's post the Batman. It, it is funny now when I think of Bruce Wayne as an orphan. I love that moment when the Riddler's like an orphan. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> he lives yeah. A, he lives in a castle. Yeah. <laughs> fuck off. But yes, I, that, that, that line where he's like, he, he has this, he just, you know, I hope he finds he them. There understands it what it's like to not have parents. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's nice. And of course he's just sitting on his ass watching television while his servant decorates their gigantic Christmas tree. <laughs> which got, yeah. that doesn't become a plot point Danny until Batman and Robin when Alicia Silverstone's oh Silverstone's character accuses Bruce of basically being like a slave owner <laughs> yeah and then we learn that Alfred's uh, brother's name is Wilfred <laughs> I love that that uh what's his oh don't tell me He's the writer on um, 
our favorite show, Star Trek Picard. His name is Akiva Goldsman. Is that Akiva, it? Akiva Goldsman, yes. yes. What an excellent screenwriter. Yeah, I mean, he's got a weird career because he also did... Um, like A Beautiful Mind? A Beautiful Mind. Yeah. Which, you know, those aren't like great movies, but they're not like terrible, unwatchable schlock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but see, like right away, he, he wants to get into the Hall of Records to find all the children. I love that. <laughs> that's Gotham. what the Hall of Records looks like, too. See, that's going back to the 1930s record keeping. Yeah. And then cut to Bruce, uh, Bruce Wayne records. on his computer. Yes, exactly. His microfiche. Yeah. Oh, this was burned into my... It's it's ice cold. Yeah. It's fishy swat. It's supposed to be cold. <laughs> he's a good Alfred. He's been forgotten because of all the other Alfreds, but he's a good Alfred. He's a good classic Alfred. And that's another Bowtie. character that they have not missed yet. All versions of yeah. Alfred are very good. Um, yeah but yeah he's one of the only pieces of continuity in these four movies he and um the great pat hingle are the only yes which is, i wish they didn't do that i would like to just think of them as two separate universes know. you know batman so i watched all four of these last spring um nice i think short i think i had seen i want to say i watched batman 89 before we saw the batman and then i watched the you know batman returns forever and robin right after the batman mm-hmm. and batman forever had much more connective tissue to these two movies than i remembered uh oh, yeah. i'm not saying it has significant connective tissue but i thought there was none i thought it was like a complete departure with the exception of alfred but they do hold on to some i want to say the first yeah. credit is even a tim burton production before it says a joel schumacher film which I think is completely numb. Like, I don't think he really had anything to do with it, but it some the contract was he got credit. But yeah, they're yeah. they're clearly trying. They want you to think it's the third one yeah. of the first two, as opposed to a completely new. Well, there was no such thing as a reboot back then. Like, you didn't do that. You just kept making Yeah, movies. they did like the James Bond thing. And yes. the, the beauty of this movie for the studio's from the studio's perspective is that they could just keep making the one-off movies after it. And it was just, just like James Bond. I wish DC, I bet DC wishes they had a similar thing going right now with their fucking dumpster fire of whatever is going on over there. Absolutely. As of right now, as of our recording, James Gunn has taken over and just cleaned house. (laughs) Yeah. Which good (laughs) no overall is good overall is good um but i'm sure extremely frustrating and maddening for for fans of that universe and not even what their plan was a month like you know two months ago yeah i do hope the batman isn't a casualty i think there's still like differing reports on what that could be but then again i think it's a pretty perfect just movie if they never made any more of those oh Absolutely. I mean, the plan for that one has always seemed to be that it's like not connected to to the Snyder mm-hmm. verse or whatever they want to call it. Um, but uh, yeah, Batman Forever isn't as isn't it's pretty bad, but it's not that bad. Batman and Robin 
is that bad. Um, yeah. It's, it's kind of incredible how it really is as bad as its reputation would have you believe. It's not as funny as it should be. That's its biggest problem. If it went it's not full, so bad. Yeah, if it went all in on being a joke. Yes. Yeah. There's too many scenes that are clearly meant to like be real scenes. And if they cut all that, I think you it kind of would be a camp masterpiece. Yeah. But there's too much pretending that it's a real movie. Um which is why I think Uma Thurman is the best part of it because she clearly understands that it's a joke right it doesn't take it seriously at all yeah she goes large with her performance but she's consistent with it and yes knows that that's the quality of movie that she's in but no one else schwarzenegger thinks he's in fucking kane lear yeah (laughs) he thinks the performance of his lifetime yeah (laughs) which by reading his dialogue he should certainly not have thought that when going into that yeah, forever. Take two and, I, mean, I, yeah. I agree. Forever was. I am not. It is not a good movie, but it was. No, it was not the absolute mess that I thought it was. It actually has an okay, I guess, script. I think it's just the, the combination of Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones's performance Ugh. is it, and I know the Jim Carrey role is kind of supposed to be like that, but that's not what I think no. the Riddler should be either. Like he's too close to being the Joker. And then I think so he's awful is. in that movie. Yeah, yeah. I think he's I doing think he's awful. There should have been contrast with Tommy Lee Jones, but I think both are terrible. I don't like either character. Yes. Um, Val Kilmer is not bad as Bruce Wayne. Though. No, I, I like him. I like him as both Bruce Wayne and Batman. Um, but yeah, it's back. We have to have the two villains. They do the. They at least skip the Harvey Dent origin. It's just on TV. There's just a quick... Yeah. This guy looks like Benjamin Bratt. Yeah. Well, that's funny. <laughs> how, how serendipitous that that looks like Benjamin Bratt, star of 2004's Catwoman. Oh, my God. I literally... You weren't even doing that. that? Oh, you weren't even doing nope. it? Nope. I, I believe nope. you. I believe you. Nope. It's just, I mean, I'm just noting the fact that this is... He looks like he might be someone of color and he's an attempted thief and rapist. Um, just another little chapter in the questionable racial politics of Tim Burton movies. <laughs> Look at those. I'm looking at these three shoes. white guys and going, I don't know what you're talking about with your last comment. <laughs> <laughs> Walking into this boardroom. I like this scene because it shows that Bruce Wayne is a very, very, very bad businessman. Yes. Like, he does not do a good job at this meeting at all. <laughs> Well, he's distracted. I think that's what Kevin's, well, yeah, because yeah, that that is what the yeah. take I like on Bruce Wayne in these two movies is that he's so aloof when he's Bruce Wayne. Yes, and I think I like the extreme they take it to in the Batman, where he de- basically doesn't do anything beyond mm-hmm. just be Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, I like that he like has no idea how to be a human. Mm-hmm. And um, whenever he has to do stuff like this, you can tell how uncomfortable he is and just wishes he was back alone in his study. But I also like that as Bruce Wayne, he does feel like he should oppose someone like Max Shrek. Like, I like that, that Bruce Wayne is a good guy, too. Yeah. <laughs> the gloves. I do love yeah, the gloves. 
whatever that is, the gloves the, that he has a cigar at all times. Yep, the pin. I love this suit too. Oh, it's a great suit. His Bond villain is less over the top <laughs> than this character. And that was a view to a kill. Yes, is that Roger Wait, Moore's he's... last Bond movie? Boy, is it ever! Yeah, I've actually I've seen <laughs> a lot of that one Oof. on TV before. That one's tough. Yeah, but Christopher Walken is great in it. He's a Nazi experiment, all grown up. Oh, he was he's the result. Of, he's like a super baby. Oh, that joins the KGB yes. and then wants to take over Silicon Valley. <laughs> Nazi. And he has an illegal, okay. yeah, and and he also he also on the side to fund his Silicon Valley plan, he uh, cheats at horse racing. I think that's the scene I can remember. And what what's her name is in that as well? And she is she also? Um, oh God, it's gonna come Grace Jones. Yes, is she also like a superhero Maybe. human experiment? No. But she is like she's clearly she's like super powered okay. and like extremely strong. But they don't. I don't know if they state. I can't remember. It's been a while since I watched *A View to a Kill*. I don't think they. I don't think the Nazis would make a black superhero. Oh, true. <laughs> there you go. But I think the idea is that she's been trained in the superhuman ways by, uh, you know, peak physical condition Christopher Walken. This movie is so horny. By the way, this oh, is yeah. the first. This is the... Yeah. This is the first scene that begins this movie's descent into just yeah that Bruce, just so horny. Bruce forgets about being Batman for a minute. Yes, <laughs> and Christopher, any normal person, if Max Shrek would be like, "How is she alive?" and he's more like, "I want to have sex with her." Yeah, but that's because he's Christopher Walken. Yeah. I also like that in this next scene, you learn that he told his son that he murdered Selena. <laughs> I like that. That's I like that's a nice relationship, you know. Yeah. Next time, I'll throw out a taller window. In the meantime, I got better fish to fry. Like I just like that him and his son. This is just the stuff they talk about. If it wasn't his son, perhaps he'd be dating him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, women. Yeah. He just shrugs it off, like. Yeah. Oh, nothing surprises me. And he refers to that. <laughs> I love this too. I'll drop her out of a higher window. That, that's a great line. <laughs> yeah. Do they even do that anymore? Are businessmen even villains <laughs> in movies anymore? Yeah. I think it are. They? It often ends up being. Although I'm saying this and I can't think of an example immediately. Um, what do you mean? Let me think. Let me think of recent. You, you, in like I know what this... you're saying. Like a lot of times, like the hit, the money behind the villain is a businessman, but like they don't do that. Um... <laughs> I mean, I can't. I can't imagine that this guy's up to no good. <laughs> I. I... Yeah, I'm trying to think in, in this genre. Well, it's become so, at least in superhero movies, it's so Marvelized that it's like it's the purple alien from space that ends up being yeah, the villain. It's, so there's it's space tyrants. Yeah. So, but I mean, look at even the Batman, right? Like that was the wealthy one percent of Gotham ended up being responsible yeah. for a lot of the issues that were going on. So I guess there isn't like a 
this is but there was no guy and this there is... was no yeah there's no you're right there's no like one person follow the money that ends up being the ultimate villain or whatever but this is when the movie completely i'm not gonna say it's a normal movie but this scene is when it's like we are in for a ride <laughs> of of this silliness. movie yeah this movie is the equivalent of the 30 rock episode with paul rubens Black, where liz Black goes tie. to the party yeah, with yeah. with the, the last Habsburg. <laughs> yes, Tina Fey says they could have they could have called goodbye America. <laughs> like, no, one, <laughs> no one is going to watch this show. This is the this is the this is this moment in this movie. This is now just he, he literally eats raw fish, <laughs> and he's going to run for mayor. <laughs> I don't know much about fish. Is that salmon? Because the color looks of the inside of it looks like salmon. Yes, it's salmon. I guess I never really knew what a, the fish looked like before. It was just the salmon that you eat. Yeah. But this movie taught me that. This is my favorite line in the movie. Could be worse. My nose could be gushing blood. And I like that he's so hideous in this version that the idealized campaign poster <laughs> is just regular penguin. Like yeah, from the comics. From the co- now, <laughs> speaking of, is is this purely coincidence that there is a storyline of Penguin running for mayor, and there was an episode in the 66 series where the Penguin ran for mayor. I think it's something that Penguin has done in the comics. Okay. Again, a part of his pretensions to... Another 30 Rock connection, that's that's Jan Hooks, who played Jenna's mother, Verna, oh, on 30 Rock. I love this actor. He's great. He has, I don't know why you would think it'd be okay to joke with someone that looks like that. And be down at his level <laughs> as, he's, yeah. as he has a piece of raw fish in his hands. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, a what? Like, back up. <laughs> but yeah, I think the Penguin has done this a lot because it makes him respectable. Yeah, that Yeah, in the 60s show, there's that, it's a great um, Batman is losing to the Penguin because he won't kiss babies because it's not sanitary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is perfect yeah. for the Adam West show. I love the the oh. not so subtle Nixon moment there. Oh, and then he even says yes. Nixon. That's right. Yeah, I have this on subtitles. I don't have every line of dialogue to this movie memorized, but oh yeah, I have it on subtitles too. I'm not pulling from memory. <laughs> Teach her my French flipper trick. Yeah, this I like you said. This gets so horny. I couldn't. The first scene with Catwoman and Penguin. It, he oh is my just, god! Boy, me too. Um, He's grunting. Oswald Cobblepot would have been me too. I think it's safe to yes. say. Well, speaking of connecting this movie to modern politics, as you know, mayors oozing substances from their body. That has no relevance to our... Oh, to nice. Our, oh, and Danny, To our recent... Yeah. So funny that you say that. Do you, Have you watched recent Sunny? No, I'm behind on Sunny. Okay. There, well, I'm going to spoil an excellent episode for you. Their first episode right. back from COVID. So I think it aired fall 21, I want to say. Last fall. They do 2020, a year in review. And the middle part of it is Frank Reynolds. And he uh, has the same thing happen to him as happened to Giuliani, 
where he has ink like running down. So they've just completely spoofed that with him. And it's how the gang is like accidentally involved in a lot of the events in 2020. Char- <laughs> Charlie and D make the clothes for a lot of the January 6th rioters. And they have no idea who they're selling it to. And yeah. That's a great show. Oh yeah. So Frank starts like a barber shop. Oh no, it's actually that he, his barber shop is where Giuliani goes or something. I'm already forgetting the oh. details, but he like caused that to happen to Giuliani. I think it happens to him too. So there's another <laughs> Danny DeVito connection to. Yeah. That's too funny. This is a fun sequence. Yeah, there's a, there's a rental store. There's a video rental store. Remember those? Yeah. See, now this looks more modern. Yeah. It's so interesting that the villains are clowns again. Although I guess the Joker's goons weren't clowns. They they were just goons. They were more mobsters, right? Because they were yeah. he like takes over the mafia, you know? So that was yes, actually a good right. excuse for he, him having henchmen, was they had him... And, and like, then he gives them... He gives them bomber jackets that have his logo on them. <laughs> yeah. Yes. See, I kind of miss that. I miss the sort of unexplained, like, where do they, where, to quote the Joker, where do they get these wonderful toys? Like, where, these movies do a pretty good job of, like, well, these are his circus co-workers who have turned to criminal, uh, criminal life. Right. Is this I the like battering this part? I yeah, like This is great. Yeah, really good. This is I like this bat armor more than the um eighty nine bat yeah. body armor. I like that it has the um that it's not like anatomical. I like the look of it much more. Alright, so so far he hasn't killed anyone yet, but he's about to. <laughs> he's about to kill someone in an awesome way, even though it's extremely not Batman, but You know what? It's pretty great. It's, just, it's more it's of a, a movie um, thing. This is a great shot. Yes. I do like that logo a lot too. That is that Max Shrek's like company logo? Because it's in his office. Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah. Like he 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 has like a gimbals. Like that it's so Christmas. Like he's yeah. got a little holiday department store. Mm-hmm. I just cannot imagine how uncomfortable that costume must have been. They vacuum sealed it onto her, I read. Oh my God, and she was just like so it was so limited for how much time she could, <laughs> she could actually film before she would get like yeah. lightheaded. Like I cannot shoot more in this costume. Yeah. It's a neat, it, how they explain how she creates the costume, which you just see for yes. 30 seconds visually. It, it's a good looking costume. Again, it's not your traditional Catwoman costume, but it, yeah, it works she made it for herself. Yep. It works for the context of this movie and for Tim Burton Catwoman. It does. Another, it's got so many things that I miss from superhero movies. Like, how do they make their costumes? How do they, the moment of a villain deciding, okay, here's what I'm going to do from now on. Um, Best part of the first Iron Man is all the stuff in the cave when he's making the Iron Man. Like, that's the best stuff in that movie, him making the Iron Man suits. Love that shot. And then here's the moment we were just talking about. That guy's okay. eh, He might have killed that guy. I don't know how far the drop. Eh, No, yeah, you're right. Here we go. This to me reminds me of like an Indiana Jones moment. Yes. 
That's a great smile. It's the smile. It's the smile. It's the smile that makes it weird. <laughs> See, I honestly almost respect that more. It's like he just straps dynamite to a guy and throws and he blows up, as opposed to the like Frank Miller, Zack Snyder, Batman killing people logic, which is I didn't kill you. Your criminal choices that mm. led you to this location <laughs> killed you. <laughs> and I didn't kill you. My Batmobile killed you. Yeah, exactly. If you hadn't drawn the pin on that grenade, you wouldn't have died when I threw it back at you. <laughs> I like this scene, too. You're not the mayor. He's finally in his classic penguin getup. Is this when he says you're... I don't know. At the end, he says, shut up, you're going to jail. But he says something... No, like no, no. This is, this, is, this is you're not the mayor. You're not the mayor. That's a great... Yeah, shut up, you're going to jail yeah. is... Is that the end? <laughs> the very end, when Shrek tries to talk his way out of his predicament. Which is my favorite Batman line. Yeah. Shut up, you're going to jail. And look, Keaton's right. He doesn't really need dialogue. You really can just show him. And you kind of get it. And he looks good. He, he is a good Batman. He's my... F- I think he's still my favorite Batman in the bat, in the bat suit. I think I've preferred other i like christian bale's bruce wayne better well he made bruce wayne a more fully developed character yes but yes my favorite film batman is still michael keaton yeah i just love the i love the fact that he can't turn his neck (laughs) i love the bat turn I also have vague <laughs> memories because now they're becoming very fleeting. But there was a Sega Genesis video game for Batman Returns. Oh, yeah. And yes. this moment is always what reminds me of it because there's, I think, like a cutaway. Back when the cutaway scenes were just still images with description printed yes. out in font because they couldn't, you know. But now video games look so realistic that they can just show whatever scenes that you don't play. Exactly. But yeah, this game was great. You just got to walk around beating clowns up. Yeah, it was just like a 2D scroller game, right? Yeah. 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 I had it for, I didn't have it for the Super Nintendo. We had a Super Nintendo and I rented it. Mm. <laughs> this is a great moment. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's a good move. Yeah. How could you? I'm a woman. <laughs> I love. I love, love, love these sets, these rooftop sets. Like this to me, even though they're clearly sets, it feels very my understanding of what Gotham City was. And yes, it's Tim Burton's Gotham City, but I think it I think it works really well. I think you see this and feel like it's a crime ridden, dilapidated place that needs a Batman. Yes. If you don't if your Batman movie doesn't have a scene that takes place on rooftops, like you haven't made a Batman movie. (laughs) I think the Batman needed more rooftop scenes now that we're saying that out loud. I think, well, there's scenes of them high, like uh, him and Gordon meeting in that, like, rundown, empty. Uh, yes, yeah, yep. But I don't think there's any rooftop scenes. The suit looks very rubbery right there. Right there. What? This isn't a rubber suit. <laughs> I don't know why in that particular, I think it's just lit a little bit more right there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't think that's, like, her dying. I don't think she actually, supernaturally now, can live eight 
times or whatever. I do like that recurring gag though of that she has nine lives. Yes. Although she counts this as one of the ones, she, one of her deaths though, right? That's that's a bullshit one. I can't. This is also a good shot. Him just like. I always like that showing Batman like getting out of the Batman suit, mm. the bat suit. <laughs> I don't know why that was funny to me. It's also reminded me of the '66 show, the famous scene where he talks to himself as on one yes. phone he's Bruce Wayne and the other phone he's on he's Batman. <laughs> I just watched the '66 movie a couple days ago. Oh yeah, great movie, great movie. It it's, it does exactly what it intended to do you know i would argue that the thing about that show isn't that oh it didn't take the source material seriously the reason that show is so funny is that it did take the source material seriously it just didn't change it like aesthetically Mm. like it just looks exactly like it looks in the comics and they're taking it so seriously which is what makes it funny Mm. as opposed to like christopher nolan takes it seriously but also the look is different like they make it look more realistic it's funny when someone that looks like the comic book Batman is being so sincere. Mm. Like, that's ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. More horny penguin. Yep. Which is an interesting decision because it doesn't start happening until about the halfway point of the movie, but then once it happens, it's uh, it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. It's a little on the nose, and it's just funny that it's Danny DeVito because then I can't stop. Yes. Like I said, I can't stop thinking of Frank Reynolds. Oh yeah, like in, in a post Frank Reynolds world, the similarities are very funny. Groping people. He's <laughs> bragging about groping people. I love this little spin, this running spin on the elephant man. Yes. Culminating in that great, I am not a man. I am an animal. Which is the inverse of the elephant man quote. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And here's another sexy scene, horny scene. Oh, yeah. This is also a, (laughs) this scene is just, you're not watching a Batman movie. You're watching a Tim, a young Tim oh. Burton movie, right? Like just the yes, larger than it's life. a good Tim Burton. Movie. Yeah, when yeah. he was when he was good. When his movies were like gross fairy tales, kind of you know, like he always had yes. that fairy tale yes. mentality, but not as polished as the Disney productions. Yes, exactly. The Outcasts, more of a look at the. Outcasts, but the outcasts don't aren't like the ugly ducklings. Like they're actually ugly, right? Either on the inside or the outside. Now he's just an embarrassing fraud. Yeah, and I was thinking about it. This was right in his peak because his next film after this is Ed Wood, I believe, in ninety. Oh yeah, his first decade is is pretty good. Yeah, Beetlejuice, Batman. Edward Scissorhands, this, Ed Wood, Mars Attacks, Sleepy Hollow, like those are, that's a good stretch of movies. I only watched Pee Wee's Big Adventure for the first time like a couple years ago. Great movie. That holds up very, very well. I think I've seen every Tim Burton movie except for one of his uh, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Yes, which which is a bad film. Yeah. 
He he's had a good connection with Eva Green though. I think she's actually really good in Dark Shadows, which I actually just watched also recently for the first time. Uh, she's yeah, it's excellent like a, in that. Dark Shadows is actually probably my favorite of the newer Tim Burton movies. I actually kind of like that one. Oh, and that's what Michelle Pfeiffer's. In. I was blanking on yes. What I what yeah. I like about this movie is most of the leads are in a future Tim Burton project or at least, at least yeah. one more. And I was, I couldn't think of what Michelle Pfeiffer was in. She was in dark shadows and not in yep. Dumbo. Right. But the other two are in Dumbo Keaton and Keaton and DeVito, DeVito are in Dumbo. Yeah. Christopher that, Walken is in sleepy hollow. Sleepy hollow. Sleepy hollow is a great is movie that, too. I love that movie. Yeah. And that's a great Halloween movie. There's a Tim Burton movie for every holiday folks. Yeah. And that was a real bird, by the way. We talked over one of the cooler... Yes, that's right. ...special effects. Real bird. That was Michelle Pfeiffer's um, insistence. Just laying on his side, (laughs) grunting. That's cool. It is cool. And then she, she starts to lick herself. Because she's Catwoman. Right. <laughs> like, I can see if you're, like, a fan of, like, the 80s and early 90s Batman comics. Like, you're watching this and you're just like, what is this? But, I don't know. I think it's I think it's fun. I think it works. It's weird. But that's not bad. No. But, again, it's Weird's funny okay. what this movie wrought. So... Yeah. Tim Burton's not involved in the next one, but they still keep the two villain element in the next yes. two movies. But the weirdness transitions into camp. So not like gothic oddity, but now it's just camp like the 60s show and just hiring whoever was famous at the time, like not even the right people for the roles necessarily. Right. Whereas this isn't camp, but it is like so comic booky. Yes, like it's got that Sam Raimi thing of of it, it. It doesn't. It's just that fine line of like it's not a joke, but it's also not serious because it's a Batman movie, right? Like Nolan, that's as serious as you can go before it gets ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Which is why I think we both like the uh, Matt Reeves is because. It actually was a lot more comic booky than the Nolan movies, despite seeming like it was darker. Right. Um, that's why people don't like the Zack Snyder Batman v Superman. It's too much. It's too serious. Like that's that's it, you take it that seriously, and it's ridiculous. I like the scenes with these two when they don't know that they're talking about something else the whole time, but we know. Right, exactly. <laughs> and they're both, and they're both just got a lot going on psychologically. Yeah. And it's funny. Like his that... car, so thirties. Yeah. And just thinking about you saying at the start of this that Burton was able to fight for more creative control. And how and that's just not really the case, especially with the Marvel movies now. Now it's like they're just all studio nightmares. 
So this yes. this is why I do. You know, I I do like this movie. I think I think I'm actually coming out more positive than I expect because it's one. This movie is a um, it's like an earworm, right? When you watch it, like you think a lot about yes. it. It's like a song that stays with you. That you're like, oh, that was kind of silly, but then you remember all these specific shots and lines and moments. Exactly. This to me, I think, is one of the weaker parts of the movie when it's like right now, this framing Batman plot jumps in and it doesn't last super long and it doesn't seem yeah. well developed and like how does he have the plans for the batmobile right again i wonder if that's the studio being like there's no plot in this movie and tim burton's trying to like basically make a movie without a plot mm. <laughs> so i, I mean, wonder if some if that is like post you know reshoots or something like that reshoots or rewrites mm. And how much of it was just like a merging of all the scripts? Like, was yeah, was there exactly. a bigger framing Batman element earlier in the script? Yeah. And, and I love how different. They... Sorry, go ahead. I was. They acknowledge Vicky Vale a couple times in this, right? Like, yes. Michael Keaton. Yeah, Bruce yells at Alfred for showing Vicky Vale the the Batcave. Yep. And then here he's kind of talking about her, I think. Yeah. And I love that, you know, last time Vicky Vale comes over and they have dinner and they go through like a whole thing and they talk to Alfred and then they hook up. Mm -hmm. This time around, it's just like they just want to hook up. Yeah. (laughs) They're just on the couch. That's another thing. I talk about this a lot. Like Batman in this movie is like he wants to get laid. (laughs) and sex is missing from a lot of movies absolutely and it does and it shouldn't be pointlessly there it shouldn't be there just to yes for example i don't think there should be a scene where superman you know fucks lois lane in a bathtub for example (laughs) (laughs) but that sounds so awesome because like (laughs) <laughs> but dude, bro, he like totally bangs her in the bathtub. Oh, they like flood their apartment because of how because of how much sex. Is fucking. <laughs> um, they couldn't even wait for however, her to get out of the bath. They had to just totally ruin it. <laughs> uh. I do miss when like the superheroes did things other than just be superheroes. Like, when's the last time a superhero movie was about a secret identity? Like Shazam is the last one I can think of. Oh, this is good. Mm. Them finding each other's battle scars. Yes. That's also a, a lot of this reminds me of this feels like an Indiana Jones type thing, too. Yeah. Where he like he's with Elsa and doesn't know it yet that she's evil. Sort of yeah. like that sort of thing. And Yeah, he loves Venice. <laughs> <laughs> nope, another black guy. Talking to the the great Pat Hingle. I, that's such a great shot. Just Commissioner Gordon <laughs> holding a little zip <laughs> And he just slides in. He uh, That just reminded me of Chris Collinsworth on Sunday Night Football. He's the analyst. He's famous for, <laughs> in his, uh, when when his play-by-play guy does the intro, he like does a dramatic slide in to start talking. That's what Pat Hingle just reminded me of. <laughs> 
Oh, this is one of my favorite episodes of Frasier coming up. <laughs> hey, he's wearing white gloves. Is that like meant to be good? And then Max Shrek's black yes. gloves bad. It's so he doesn't get anything. He can keep all the immaculate rich guy stuff untouched. Mm-hmm. Now, Michael Keaton was in the Batgirl movie that they shelved. Yeah. Financial shenanigans. But he is also in the Flash movie, right? Because I really do want to see him as Batman again. Yes. I read something today that said if he's even still in it. And I I, I want oh, to say geez. that was just more of a joke about how much, how in flux everything is. Like, he filmed scenes in that movie. For them to remove him from it would be a massive reshoot. That'd nightmare. be annoying. So I do believe he will still... That movie is supposedly coming out in June. Okay. But you wonder... And it's going to be bad. Yeah. Do you remember at one point Robert Zemeckis was going to direct it? Yes, I do remember that. Remember remember Robert Zemeckis? (laughs) Remember Ezra Miller? Talk about directors who are now just embarrassing frauds. Yeah. Yeah. I love this. I love this. (laughs) How many suits there are? I love that. How is that any... I mean, they literally have a line in Batman Begins when they're discussing how to make the Batsuit. And Alfred says, well, we'll just have to order in bulk. (laughs) So it's not suspicious. Like It's a good comedic visual gag. Yes, it's good. It's... it's, And I love that here. Obviously, there's no discussion of how he got all this stuff, but I like that he has... Multiple bat suits. This is my favorite Batmobile. I have to say, it's, it it still is. Yeah, I like the tumbler a lot, and I think it was a good explanation for why yes. it exists. But this this Batmobile is awesome. I think it's pretty telling that the tumbler they pretty much abandoned, and they always had him on the bat pod because he looks cooler on the bat pod. Yeah. Like when I th- when I think of Batman on the move in a vehicle in the Nolan movies, I think of him on the bat pod. Yes. Like, that's his signature vehicle, as opposed to the Batmobile. Definitely. And I do like the Tumblr, but I think the Batpod is where you get to kind of get the cool Batman imagery. The cape looks great on the Batpod. Yes. So that well, I mean, the last shot of the Dark Knight. Yeah. It's such a good shot, and part of that is that he's just driving off. Look at that fat clown. Yeah, this is a hokey little subplot, the whole framing thing. It it is. It's definitely my least favorite part of the movie. Yeah, I always get stressed out in superhero movies when the superhero people think the superhero is bad. Mm. I just I'm like, Ugh, he's not. Like, let's skip this. Well, that would have been an interesting I, I guess the first movie does that though too, right? When they're not fully they're still learning about the Batman. Like who is he? What's he all yeah. about? But then it ends it kind of ends with it being all set. So that's why I don't think I really needed that yeah. That in this movie. Uh, I'm not opposed to doing a, well, hey, he's still a guy who dresses up in a costume. He could be. But I think it's just so distracting when everything else has been reliant on Catwoman and Penguin. Well, I, I, it's almost like lose the fact that the Penguin wants to drown all of Gotham's children and focus on the fact that the Penguin wants to replace Batman as the beloved figure. 
Like that would have been the better, right? If he's running for mayor and trying to supplant Batman in popularity, yeah. And you could have still because after this act around that, yeah. Because after this sequence, after this, and then the the Batmobile hijack chase, uh, the the mayor plot um, gets sidelined, and then it goes into his. As I was, he he gets sidetracked from his drown the children plot to (laughs) run for mayor. I think it should have just been about him running for mayor. Yeah. I think it's still great that there's that scene where they like reject him, but you can do that later in the movie. That can be like basically the end. And maybe there's one little tacked on set piece of him um, just trying to kill everybody. Trying to kill Batman at least, right? Yeah. Or something like that. Blow up up the city with the penguins and their rockets. Yeah. Yep. He keeps changing his plan. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because the studio said there needed to be a plan. But Tim Burton and Daniel Waters, I think, wisely were like, there doesn't really need to be a plan. This poor woman. That man killed this poor woman. He's going to kill that poor woman. (laughs) She's dead, right? She did light the Christmas tree. tree. She did. (laughs) That's such a little Tim Burton. Yeah, like that's his idea of lighting a Christmas tree. Yeah. I like that Commissioner it's Gordon's all... like, no, no, no. no. Yeah. Like, we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. You shouldn't be shooting him on scene. That's all he does in these movies is stop people from shooting at people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. One, you're right. One. He's a good Commissioner Gordon. Like, they don't have to, you don't have to do the Frank Miller thing where he's like a street level guy. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't get enough to do, especially after this movie. And they don't have to be best friends either. Um, but Yeah, uh, but they can be trusted, you know. Gordon trusts him. Mm-hmm. Is he even deadlier? And that's the line that gives it away later, right? Spoiler mm-hmm. alert. It's, I mean, she's just licking him. And he's totally fine with it. Because he wants to be licked. It was That's the thing that carries over to Batman Forever, is that Batman's still horny in that movie. <laughs> it is... Prime Nicole Kidman also, so you know there's that cast. She is well. I, Joel Schumacher talked gorgeous. About, in that movie. She is very, very gorgeous in that movie, and I think George uh, Joel Schumacher has talked about that. Like he's like, yeah, people want to see good-looking <laughs> people have sex on screen. Like, sorry, sue me. Like, that's, yeah, took a gay man it's to, in to, be, to be super frank about it. You know, it's in the Batman Forever commentary. He's like, I get criticism for sexualizing these actors. People, that's what they're there for. <laughs> I have always, I like Joel Schumacher. Like yeah. he, the Batman and Robin is a really, really bad movie, but I don't think he's like some, this idea that he's like this horrible director. Like he's not, he has a lot of visual tricks and he seemed like he was a delightful man. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. He just, you know, the scripts weren't good for those two. He made exactly what he was hired to do. The, the exactly. studio wanted something more colorful that could sell more toys and was more in yes. line with the 60s show, and that's what he did. Uh, yeah, Absolutely. The Batman and Robin just happens to be a, a complete disaster on all levels, like from production exactly. from script to performance. But And I said it when we Batman did the... Forever. That's yeah. the one that came out when I remember that being out in the theaters. I remember getting the little McDonald's glasses. Yeah, I still I have them. I still have. I still them. have mine too. That's awesome. I still have mine too. Yep. 
I got Batman Forever action figures, and when I saw that, I thought it was the I thought it was awesome because mm-hmm. uh, it was like the Adam West movie, but just like bigger. But then I never saw it again. I we never got it on tape, and it was never on TV. So the one I ended up watching all the time was this one. But when I went to rewatch Forever, when I was older, I actually was like, "Oh, this isn't that bad. It's actually pretty good." Yeah, well, pretty good for you know for, for its reputation. Yeah, exa- exactly, exactly. And I think we talked about this a bit when we reviewed the Batman, but so things that do not miss in Batman movies. So we have Alfred performances, Catwoman performances, musical scores do not miss. Yes. We haven't even talked about this yet, probably because we can't hear it, but this Danny Elfman score is great. It's uh, not, it, it uses the Batman theme from the 1989 version, but it's its own score. Selena and Penguin both get yes. themes that are both really memorable. I bought the soundtrack a couple of years ago as sort of a throwaway and was surprised at how much I enjoyed this one. But uh, I was going to add for Batman Forever, the Elliot Goldenthal theme is also really good. Uh, even really for those good. two campy pieces of shit, he has a really good theme <laughs> that works well for that. And then, of course, the Hans, Orm- Hans Zimmer, excuse me, James Newton Howard scores for the first two Nolan movies, and then just Hans Zimmer, the Michael yeah, Giacchino Oh, score. I like the Batman v Superman theme. Even that one. Even the Hans Zimmer and um, Junkie XL, Tom Holkenberg, whatever. Yeah, the, I like that one. The two Justice League movies don't have a good... Um, Batman theme. Although, funny enough, Danny Elfman scores the theatrical Justice League and brings this theme back for a little bit. Uh, but even the Tom Holkenberg uh, Justice League, Zack Snyder's Justice League score, awesome theme to the Justice League, but the Batman-related music yeah. is just meh. That's oh, they were they spent too much time thinking up the most fucking pretentious titles for those tracks yes. on that soundtrack. Oh my god. <laughs> no Dog, No Master... Oh my god, just write the music. I love that the Penguin, not only did they have this plan to take control of the Batmobile, but he also said, you gotta build me a fake carnival ride that I can use it to control. Like, yeah. that, there's that little sign that says Bat Ride 10 cents. Like, that's just for him. <laughs> that's just for his own amusement, <laughs> this little contraption. Like, <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> or I, I guess I always took it to mean that the henchmen are so used to the circus that they just built what they knew. Oh, I, <laughs> I guess some there could have been some specific request from Penguin. I do love the prop. He's like, I need a control mechanism, and they said, "You got a bus," and they made a carnival ride. <laughs> yeah, that's more of what I interpreted as. But I like I like that. as well that he's just such a demanding that he's like, no, I want to have fun while I do this, also. Um, the prop of the remote control thing that's underneath the Batmobile is great. That's something that I'll like, I'll be dying and I'll think of that image. Like I I can really remember. (laughs) It's a very memorable little device. Yeah. I won't know my son's name, but I'll remember (laughs) remember the little spinning barbershop uh, radio bomb thing. The important things. The... And that, to me, was the sex joke right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially with the paint one. Oh, yeah. This is where we're missing see, uh, Lucius Fox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, Nolan Batman would never have to deal with this. Yeah, because Alfred is like the engineer behind the Batmobile, I think, in this. I, right? 
It's not really clear. Yes, who... Alf- yeah, Alfred is is uh, is more involved in the tech in these movies. Yeah, and obviously that guy doesn't know much. <laughs> no. He can fix an RAF plane. That's probably it. That's a very Tim Burton looking. Very Tim Burton looking. Although this does have a similar thing to the bat pod. Yeah, yeah, you can break up. It can. <laughs> that shot has always <laughs> him just like angrily air humping <laughs> the, the uh, his control thing. This is a good chase scene. This is a good the police chase Batman scene. Across the same street. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's been there. He's leading them in circles. circles. Look at how small that looks. I know. The, these are the There's sets I don't like in... as much. I, I like the yeah. um, when you're at a, doing like a lower level shot, like where the mayor was giving his little speech. Yeah. yeah this is pretty freaking cool. Yeah. That looks good. That looks great. There's that, There's that shot in Batman 89 when the bat, the bat wing crashes on that adorable set of all those toy cars. <laughs> it's the most, yeah. it is the That's fakest I've ever seen. Yeah. When they, they re-released Batman in theaters and I saw it at a movie theater, it looked hilarious. That, that, that Batwing crash sequence. Mm-hmm. It was just like, did anyone ever think that this looked real? Like, no way. This definitely didn't even last for the first viewing. Now I always, thought there's a movie or something where a guy is getting pelted with fruit and vegetables and he says why do people always bring fruit and vegetables to stuff like this and i always think it's this movie but for some reason it isn't but i can't i can't remember you've got the subtitles on so you'll be able to tell hmm what you're describing sounds familiar to me as well like it's from something. There's like a little joke about why do people always have rotten fruit and vegetables at speeches? It's nice of the mayor to let this guy running against him make a speech at City Hall. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So we we were talking over whatever scene. So the premise is the mayor won't go along with Shrek's evil plot to get energy so he wants to push him out and back that's why yeah. he's backing oswald because he'll let him do anything oh there's the vicky vale back cave line there it is this is so impractical this is very impractical this is very batman 66 <laughs> you have to reach into your fish tank and then go into this there's another indiana jones it's reminding me of the temple of doom that's got to be Tim Burton's personal Iron Maiden because there's an Iron Maiden in Sleepy Hollow. Oh, that's right. I would not be surprised if Tim Burton owned a, an Iron Maiden. <laughs> a thing, by the way, that was like never used. <laughs> like, that, not a thing. They made Iron Maidens, but the idea that people were actually put into Iron Maidens is like completely ahistorical. Yeah, like see, Alfred, he's got his, he's ready for his part in this, in this little caper. Right. Yeah, like this should be later in the movie. What's happening right now? 
Yeah, it's it's more like it ends the second act, which doesn't yeah. really yeah, this doesn't really follow the standard three act structure. Right, I guess Batman no. getting framed. See, that's the thing. If he was framed and it was um Yeah, it was like a deeper plot or whatever where he's actually outcast for longer and then something like this is like your third act start of the resolution and then there's a little tacked on action sequence i think that would have been and like you said it could have just been the paint he's just gonna go scorch earth and just have the penguins blow up the city um yeah instead of yeah. yeah and then just get rid of that whole firstborn moses plot yeah drop the moses shit <laughs> it's christmas you know like why are we doing yeah. why are we doing this it, it, it also if you want to make the penguins slightly sympathetic or at least like pitiable like the fact that he wants to drown all the kids, like that's makes it harder to, to like him. I mean, he's already a pervert. Like you can't just keep throwing all these things. I love that. That he, his little CD thing has yeah, a, like a little bat DJ. Part. Yeah. 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 The branding there. <laughs> well, I think that that's also what really seeps into Batman forever. Like the, everything being branded oh, yeah. and yeah. Yes. I do. love. Yeah. I wonder why they, they didn't just recast Alfred and commissioner Gordon. The Batmobile's different. The Batcave's different, but the Batmobile does get destroyed here. Right. So it gives them an opportunity to, Oh, but you're right. The Batcave is very different though, too. That's a good point. That's what I thought about when I watched them. I'm like, Oh, that was a good impetus to have a new Batmobile and a new Batman. That's right. No, no, you're right. It is this movie. Why is there always so, yeah, why is there always someone who brings eggs and tomatoes to these speeches? <laughs> okay, that's, that's a great that's, that's a great joke. Yes. And I, I like that for the timelessness and the 30s aspect of like I guess that used to be a thing where you'd throw <laughs> fruit and vegetables, so they're like, we're gonna have that in this movie, yeah. and then we're gonna make a joke about it. And yeah. this reminds me of oh. his jump off the bridge coming up is hysterical. <laughs> This is great. I love when he just plows those two over too. (laughs) (laughs) He just knows where to go. (laughs) Yeah. He jumps in and he knows where to pick up his duck. I also love the whole idea of like Gotham turns on him immediately. The police force have been given orders. Kill him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When you find him, kill him. This is a great layer, I have to say. It is. I know it's. I know it becomes common for uh, the underground layers. Oh, speaking of underground layers, we're gonna have to talk uh, after recording. I finally watched Halloween Ends. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> so everyone lives in a sewer now. That's what we do with our villains. Yeah. I mean, underground layers are cool for comic book movies. Th- this is yeah, and this is a fun set. Yes. <laughs> like there's a lot there's of that. movie left and it's like this yeah. feels like the end yeah and it's timber and fully in control again where he's i'm gonna have yes. penguins attack a city so i was reading about the penguins and it's a good marriage of they had real penguins and robotic penguins and you know yeah pe- stan winston yeah stan yeah. winston gets his own specific credit in the uh the opening credits for this um, but the specific penguins that they had to get for this are from 
I think it was England, some specific segment of England, and they had to, like, fly them over. Um, But then a lot of them mated, so they seemed to adapt, have adapted well in the climate. Just, it seemed like they went to a lot of extremes to get these specific type of penguins. I'm forgetting what what adjective describes them. They're, um, like king penguins something like that but whatever they were just a very specific type that it was like super convoluted to get them to la or wherever the sound stages were interesting oh yeah because this is this they didn't shoot this in england right they shot in la i think they shot this in la got it got it it. i believe like right out in in warner brothers lot hey but see look he's rebuilding his batmobile oh shit yeah you're right so Kevin, Batman Forever is bad. So Batman Forever is ruined everything <laughs> in the Batman. The Batman hey, this anthology is, another is that what they call it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the motion picture anthology. Yeah, nineteen. Yeah, this is another scene that is literally not copied, but there's an extremely similar version of this in the Nolan Batman movie. Oh yeah, we didn't talk about this movie the parallels between this movie and the dark knight rises there are several um catwoman well also and between the dark knight and that like those two movies are very similar there's lots of parallels between batman 89 and this um it's almost like they're like on purpose trying to better i don't think that's the case i don't think nolan's that type of filmmaker who's like i'm better yeah (laughs) i love that yawn uh yeah, with this and rises, yeah. there's the the villain in the sewers. There's the yes, um, sort of the Bruce Wayne goes to masquerade ball. Bruce Wayne goes to masquerade ball. Set in snow, snowy setting. Uh, yeah, w- winter setting. The Batmobile. There's a destroy. Like I guess the tumbler that's destroyed. Um, yep. Selena's his best hope for like a normal life. Yep. Yep. I guess there's no framing plot. I also like the parallels yeah. between both versions of Bane, where they're ultimately just subservient to a larger female villain. Yeah. And and that's a Batman and Robin thing, but Yeah, it's like they almost like don't I, I'm sure there's a no like well the Bane villain has to be a man, like because there has to be a fight. And we can't have our hero physically like beating up a female villain, but the I'm better villain in Batman and Robin is, is poison Ivy. Yeah. She's a much better villain. And like, I feel like that's why Batgirl exists in that movie to fight poison Ivy. Right. Oh, oh, for sure. I think that's exactly what happened. And I know Whereas in this one, like they have fought Catwoman and Batman get into fist fights. Does that she even says in this scene like do we have to start fighting now? But she also makes the joke of like you can't hit a woman that you acknowledged earlier. <laughs> How could you? I'm a woman, and Batman is apologetic. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. So I know they literally talk about it, but I still like that Bruce and Selena show up to a costume party without any mask on. Yes, it's great. I get it. <laughs> but it is great. Like I, it's it's obvious, but it's. It might be low-hanging fruit, but it's still well done and well-executed and earned. Well, again, if you are a child, it's perfect because it's the exact level of, like, it's for kids. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Yeah, killing's Ron Selena. <laughs> yeah, that's Elaine. Bruce, we saw <laughs> you. You started smiling at the thought of murdering a, a probably someone who was going through a lot of mental issues. Uh, you just killed him. That guy was burning a toy store. He obviously has some trauma in his life, you know? He wants to burn the toy store. Yeah. I remember as a little kid at this scene, I was like, oh, yeah. oh, oh my God. shit. <laughs> so I think I want, I would have wanted a movie with just Catwoman. Yeah. But then I like this movie with Penguin and Shrek together. Like, I yes. think that relationship makes a lot of sense. And you can do, like, the old money, new money, uh, family lineage, themes, Christmas, all yeah. that. I think all that works well. I think it's the inclusion of Selena. That, though it's not, it doesn't ruin the movie. Well, she's very good, but I'm just thinking in terms of, it like, It just makes plot. it a, it's, just, it's why it's a messy movie. It's why yeah. it's not, like, perfect. I think if there's a third movie where... You know, and having Catwoman, it might actually make sense to have another villain. But maybe if it's like a, maybe the third movie, if they did like a Carmine Falcone type thing. And yeah. that's how you can involve her where she is fighting the mob from her perspective and Batman's fighting the mob from yeah. his perspective. And that's how they kind of link up. And then you can do a lot of these same things of their, you know, inverse storylines and how they compare and contrast with yes. each other. But I think it's, jamming it into this movie is, is what makes it too much and what's what's makes this movie suffer i think from being yeah. great like it, i i it's a good movie i think it's what makes uh prevents it from being a great movie yes like i think this movie's perfect but it's like it's not <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no I, I i it's it's a shame they never made a third keaton yeah back batman movie i would have loved to have seen Billy D. Williams in Two Face prosthetics. He would have been great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dad, go. <laughs> no, he says that <laughs> earlier in the movie. Not Chip. <laughs> Not Chip. The fact his name is Chip. Yeah. That he, yeah, very, very Trumpian. He has a large adult son who has absolutely no marketable skills. Though there's definitely than... a Trump thing with him too. Like even when this was made, like I'm actually not saying oh, yeah. there was a yeah. Like having oh yeah no him. Trump, it's fun watching '90s movies because you see Trump show up sometimes, mm-hmm. and it's just funny to watch them now being like, yeah, well, he became the president. <laughs> Christopher Walken. <laughs> yeah, I think these are the Stan Winston yes. creations. The craftsmanship of this movie is superb. Overall, I mean, yes, the sets overall. This is like a cleaner. This is like a cleaner looking movie than the first, than eighty nine. Yeah, yeah, I think it has better cinematography overall. Oh, that's yes. what I was to say about Batman Forever. I want to say Batman Forever has a best cinematography Oscar nomination. Oh, Batman Forever is a really like aesthetic. It's yeah. a visually a very good looking movie. There are so many memorable props and costumes from this movie, for sure. Um, I'm looking at this, and I love him in these overalls, too. 
I, I meant to say oh that God. earlier when he bites the nose. It's like, what a ridiculous... <laughs> this outfit. And that's also a Frank Reynolds thing. I keep bringing up Frank Reynolds, but there are this... so many scenes with him wearing yeah. pajamas like this or, or you know, under just this... or whatever. It, it's such a great outfit because it just highlights how grotesque the penguin is, like, physically. <laughs> like, his little stumpy wing arms and his big fucking back. And, like, you can see his butt crack in the outline of <laughs> of his clothes yeah. like it's great like I love this all of Gotham is asleep because <laughs> their parents are part you know their parents are out partying so now these circus criminals can kidnap the children and they're doing it in the street corner where all the shops are yeah. <laughs> they're taking kids yeah. out of these like stores these department stores <laughs> yeah yeah I love that he thinks that that is going to be enough to trick the children into following him into the most sinister looking <laughs> body of water. <laughs> what kids? It's their fun little toys on an umbrella. Right. Oh man. Like this is all too rushed. This is too yeah. quick. Cause they, like you said, the plan keeps changing. We keep veering in different yes. directions. That's funny. So he brands his letters too. That's, That's a great such, shot. This is such a Sam Raimi shot. Yes. Yeah, that is very... Yep. And now we have a new plan, which I think is what should have been his... Like, he should have just been... This should be This should be happening after him getting uh, publicly pelted and losing his mayoral bid. Like, this should be the next thing he does is, fine, I'm going to blow up the city. Right. Yeah, I think I would have preferred... They have the scene because I, I like the masquerade scene for Bruce and Selena. Yeah, me too. So if they did kidnapping that, Max Shrek is fun too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so maybe they do that because uh, I was gonna say, what if they have that scene and then they have the scene where Batman plays the audio and a penguin is yes. you know foiled? So maybe they. Yeah, so I guess because I'm trying to not have the momentum derailed in this reimagining of the movie. But I think you're exactly right. If you just get rid of, what if he just breaks into that masquerade and just takes Max Shrek for X reason? Um, Maybe there's another, he needs him financially or something. He needs him to sign off on something. I don't mind the motivation of like him being like, you screwed me over and now I'm going to kill you. Like, I don't mind that. Yep. Just lose the son, lose the kid thing. Yes. I feel like that's like... <laughs> Look little... at that, that <laughs> butt flap. <laughs> this is great. The bat boat. Mm. Which they use is in forever also. Is in the next movie? That's right. When they go to yeah. the island. <laughs> now this is where the studio must have been like, okay. Tim, we're letting you do the penguins attacking the city. We're letting you have Christopher Walken be a, a German expressionist actor. You you got to give us a new vehicle to sell a fucking toy to kids. Yeah. Well, it needs to be a bet. I was reading that the they many of the toy lines like Kenner didn't use this version of the penguin because they didn't think they'd be able to sell it to kids. So they used more of like the, you know, the like the logo in the the painting, like you were saying, when he's running for mayor. Like I feel the, like I have a memory of wondering why I couldn't get a penguin Batman toy. 
and being like, why isn't there a penguin Batman? I never, I don't think I've seen a penguin. I've seen like now they make toys for you know adults, but I remember yes. there not being one for kids. That yeah, yeah. I, again, I think that's them underestimating kids. Like, I'm sure a lot of kids like. I mean, that a lot of people do like his penguin. Have you seen the video of? It's from 1992 of a kid going on some talk show and talking about how how scary this movie was and he didn't think it should be like shown in theaters. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure that was all. <laughs> I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure he wasn't coached into saying that. But <laughs> everyone is Helen Lovejoy. Will no one think of the children? <laughs> yeah, these emperor penguins. Like these have got to be emperor. That's penguins. it. Thank these you. Big... They're emperor penguins. That's it. So, Big guys so have I to think be they're only in one specific air er- specific area. So it was Got like it. a legit. It, it sounded like it must have been so expensive to do this. So I I can't believe yeah. he got the okay. But then, like I said, it's a nice mix of the Stan Winston robotic penguins, and then yeah. Well, going back to our last episode, these are, these the big penguins are like the berserkers in Helm's Deep. They're like yeah, they're the, they're the like heavy infantry penguins. We didn't miss. I love that the penguins are like so dedicated to him. Like <laughs> they're like they're gonna die. Like this will kill them. But they just love their master so much. But he's controlling like, this their thoughts such a cool too. Zoo to go to. What is the? I, I'm like forgetting this detail. He has some sort of technology where he's able to control their brains. Yeah. Well. Yeah. The penguin. <laughs> This is no, no, no explain like it, it to me that, that it's totally normal. What, what is what's yeah? That? When you say it like that, it does. It, it sounds kind of silly. <laughs> yeah, he. These are radio controlled penguins with little sensors connected to their <laughs> connected to their brains. <laughs> uh, this great. reminds me of Gremlins when all the Gremlins. Are oh, very the Gremlins. We didn't miss the moment where Batman looks back and he's like, oh my god, I almost just died to Penguin. Or did we talk over that? Oh, that he almost got killed by Penguins? Yeah, no, we we did talk about that. Damn. That Penguins almost killed me. (laughs) Yeah, he has that look. He, like, looks back like, I cannot believe that's how he almost died. Yeah. Which is perfect Michael Keaton. He's right. He really did not need, like, you don't need dialogue. He can, he does a lot with his eyes. Yeah, like I like that theme of people slowly leaving the penguin. Yeah. I like that they leave like that. <laughs> <laughs> They're leaving. It looks like um, it's like a 1930s thing of like a villain escaping and they get caught in the spotlight. Yeah. That, uh... Yeah. Yeah. Everyone just bails on them immediately. Yeah. So I guess it. Uh, I guess the whole idea is that like he wanted to drown kids, and they're like, "Oh, you've gone off the deep end, or whatever." Yeah. I don't know. The script could use some. More. It looked like he was still in the shallow That's end right. to me, right there, Danny. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, everyone. <laughs> You're going to jail for that pun. <laughs> I can't believe we talked over that part. If any, for oh, yeah. Okay. You got to go back and watch it's, Batman. Yeah, uh, when he almost died, he almost gets derailed by those penguins, and he did a little flip. It's after, yeah, it's after the, it's after the rockets. He misses the rockets. He does this awesome look of like, 
I'm getting too old for this shit. Yes. <laughs> this, is a, this is another great shot coming up. Yep. <laughs> In this corner, the penguin. This is where it also gets tough to write a Batman movie if you have, like, Penguin as your villain. And you right. depict him this way. It's like, is this really going to turn into a fist fight between these two? I think th- I think it works. Like, he's basically just insane, and he just keeps, like, swinging and hurling himself. Like, he basically has one good... His move is I jump on him and I choke him. But, of course, he's not strong enough to do that, so he fails. His babies. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I just, this is, I like this. I love this movie. It's a lot of fun. Babe, Michael Keaton and Tim Burton like the, well, it makes sense that Tim Burton likes the movie more, but Michael Keaton also likes the movie more, which is surprising because he's much less. Ironically, he gets top billing for this one, and he doesn't in the 89 version. Yeah. He has much more yeah. of a role in 89 than he does in Batman Returns. Absolutely, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, by the time for this one, he has to get top billing. He's Batman. Mm. He got paid for this one, too. He got paid very well. Oh, yeah. So I'm surprised and I'm sure... they didn't do a third. I really am surprised they didn't do a third one. They had a good... Michael Keaton said well, he loved making was... this one. Tim Burton went in, which is why I think he was like, okay, we'll make a third one. And the, th- the, the meetings were all about toys. And he was like, fuck it. And he, and he left. And then Michael Keaton didn't really feel like doing it without Tim Burton. Yeah. Fair enough. As he said on, I think, an episode of Mark Maron's podcast, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. WTF. What's up, what the fuckers? Um, Michael Keaton talked about he would have doing the third one. He's like, Oh, I would have, I would have loved to have done it for the dough, <laughs> but right, right. Tim wasn't involved and it just didn't, he just kind of lost his enthusiasm for it. Have I ever talked to you about, I read that Mark Marin is from Stoneham mass. What? Did you know that? No, I did not. I am pretty I'm sure. I'm from Mass. I, yeah. I know. That's why it was memorable for me <laughs> that I read that. I am. Well, no, I'm just for, for the, know, for no, the no, listeners no. out there. I'm from Stone Mass. <laughs> yes, that makes more sense. I love. Um, I'm going to come back to the Mark Maron thing briefly, but I love that she doesn't take the time to correct her costume at all. She just goes like this no. craze. <laughs> Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm like 90% <laughs> sure I read that he was from Stoneham and, um, no way. I'm surprised I never brought that up to you. I think cause I always forget his name. I'm like, oh yeah, that guy is the podcast. And then when someone says his name, I immediately remember who he is. That's a great shot. What's up? What the fuck is here? We, here we come. Here we go. Yes. Shut up. You're going to jail. <laughs> that's the most Batman line that's ever been said in any of these movies. It's, there's a lot of good lines in this little sequence. Bruce Wayne. Why are you dressed up as Batman? Because he is Batman, you moron. <laughs> Selena Kyle, you fired. <laughs> oh, that's great, too. Yeah. And Mark Marin, by the way, more connective tissue is in Joker. That's right. He's, um, he's, he's Murray's assistant, right? Yes. The producer? Yeah. I hate that movie. Joker. <laughs> No, isn't Lady Gaga playing? Lady Gaga's playing Harley Quinn in the next. So that's one, right? a, that's interesting. That's good casting, but 
I'd like that. I'd like to see Lady Gaga's Harley Quinn. Yeah. Oh, and this is oh, where see he, now, yeah. yeah. So there's that shot where he doesn't have the eye makeup on, so you can see his yeah. eyes so obviously. That is weird to me. It's just a movie thing. It's a movie thing. But why couldn't they just show... But in Batman Begins, there's a good shot of Bale taking his um, mask off just from behind. The camera's just behind him. Right. Well, I think this sequence, it had to, you had to be able to yeah. see. Which is... In the Batman, they they have that in the beginning. They show Bruce applying the eye makeup. Yeah, and then when he they takes it off, he ha- he just has the uh, the black, the eye black. Yeah, exactly. Just acknowledged it. <laughs> That's so good. Why are you dressed up as Batman? <laughs> so how does he get that suit on? That, that he had to rip the mask off, the rubber it's, like that. It's, It comes in pieces, I think. There's like a bodysuit, and then there's body armor, and then he puts the cowl on. I don't, I don't, I don't really know. Because when he takes the cowl off in that sequence where he's getting suited up, the bat symbol's not on it. So I, oh. I think he puts that on, and then a piece of body armor goes over. It's very, I, I don't know what, it's very convoluted. I had a yeah. Batman, we had like a full-size, um, like sort of special Michael Keaton Batman Returns figure. And um, it didn't come apart, but we, we used to examine it to try and figure <laughs> out how the suit was supposed to work. We never, we never figured it out. <laughs> that's great. I think that's I think that's what it is about these movies. Is this these are the Batman movies that I had toys for. Mm-hmm, like I mm-hmm. didn't have toys for the Christopher Nolan ones because I was too old to have toys. Says you. Um, says says me, but like I didn't buy Batman <laughs> toys. No, because I was I, like I'm an adult. These are adult I, movies for grown-ups. I had a lot but of I toys. Had, oh, go on. yeah. I'm sorry, I cut you off. I was going to say I had a lot of Batman uh, and Robin toys, but you had mostly Batman yes. Returns toys. Yeah, we had a lot of Bat. We had the most toys we had were Batman Forever, and then of course the animated series. We had tons of Batman oh, yeah. the animated series oh, yeah. toys. We had like eighty different versions of the animated series Batman, like Jungle Batman, Arctic Batman, so many Batman. This is like what's what is that? This is when How he is becomes a, an, or, an orc. He has yeah. like <laughs> He's spitting Look out orc blood. Like, what is that? Uh, it's his blood. His blood is... Or it's his bile or something. It's great. It's ink. I love this as a kid. I thought this was so cool. Yeah. And I love this, um, this shot coming up of the uh, burned Mac Shrek. That's a core member. Yeah. That's a core member. Yeah. Right that's also a um yeah it also reminds me of indiana jones oh yeah this is that era we're like yeah yeah a lot of the indiana jones influenced a lot of movies a lot of the action schlock but like in a good way was what reminiscent of of indy yeah i love that line ah shit i picked the cute one There is some choice dialogue in this movie. What does Kevin Smith say in their commentary at this scene? Folks, there was a Happy Meal. 
<laughs> with this film. I think he kept that was his recurring joke, like any pain. Is that a running show. thing? I think yeah, so, that's... yeah. And remember, folks, they made toys out of this. There was a <laughs> There was a happy meal involved with this film. Yeah. I love this. The penguins are, <laughs> are so coming sad. to bury their leader. It is, it's so sad. And it would be a lot sadder if his plan didn't involve murdering all the firstborn <laughs> children in Gotham. <laughs> if he was just a a pervy creep that wanted to be the mayor. Makes absolutely no sense. How are they moving him? <laughs> now these must be the the animatronic, I would think. Oh yeah. Yeah. I yeah. They look Again, they I look think good. They do look good. I think the Emperor Penguins in the Penguins group are like the they're like the honor guard penguins. Okay. They're like the gorillas in Planet of the Apes. They're like slightly more important. Oh, okay. Okay, that's a good comparison, yeah. Yeah, this I always thought this scene was sad. Poor guy. Now, Tim Burton had parents and everything, right? But he just always felt like an <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all have parents, but you know what I mean. He just felt he grew yeah, up I in like Tim California suburbs, his, right? But he just felt Yeah, his childhood wasn't tough. He just was a weird kid who lived in the California suburbs. So obviously he like stood out. Yes. But he didn't he wasn't like traumatized or anything like that. Um right, right. Kind of like um yeah, like Edward Scissorhands that like suburbia was yeah. his like he yeah. was just so like anti-conformity, so he became a he worked right. in Hollywood. Right, and he he said that he he doesn't talk about like oh my childhood was awful. He just says like I was a weird kid in a place that was super normal. Yeah. It was like standard issue American suburb. Um, and he was just an odd duck. He liked Vincent. Pr- like he was a weird Tim Burton's a weird dude. Mm-hmm. But he's genuinely weird, as opposed to like it being an affectation. The snow looks great. If that's fake snow, they did an excellent job. It's probably it's got to be fake oh. snow. They they did a good job though. This is this is this snow could stand toe to toe with Ridley Scott's snow, and mm-hmm. hold its head high. And we end with a little Christmas talk right here, right? Yep. And I think this. I think these are his Christmas plans. Alfred, drive me around the city. <laughs> I'll see the work that I've done. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I like that he takes in the spray. Yeah. In the miniseries that Sam Hamm came back for, which I recommend. The ba- oh, I, I would like to read that. that. It's really good. And, like, Selene is in it, like, because she's not, not dead at the end of this movie. It's it's good. It's a lot of fun. Hmm. And there's talk of making a Batman 95 to continue Batman forever, because there are fans of that movie that don't like Batman and Robin, because they... <laughs> think it's like a letdown compared to Batman Forever. Oh, is this comic line called Batman 89? It's called Batman 89, yeah. Okay, because there's the Superman 78, and yeah, I like comics. They made that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a perfect They made that as a a sequel to um, Batman 89 because of how well Batman 89 did. That's a perfect way to basically do higher-end fan fiction for what these movies could have been. And this is obviously a great I love that shot. That's a that's a meme. That's like an automatic meme or gif that's used all the yeah. time, but it's very very good. I it's like so sad cuz right now I'm feeling like, "Oh, I, I can't wait to watch the third one." But there is no third one. Yeah. 
There's no third one. It's just the two. Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi and Christopher Nolan. And I I don't count Zack Snyder because his trilogy is like an accidental trilogy. Right. But Sam Raimi and Nolan, they're the only two guys that have ever gotten to make. Hey, Eric Tramp, Raimi. second assistant camera. That That's almost Eric Trump. That would have been full circle. <laughs> um, That'd be hilarious. Eric Trump worked on this movie. But I'm sorry. Yeah, I... To go off what you were just saying, it, it's like it's just the Raimi Spider-Man and the Nolan Batman because there have been some sort of issue with like every other series. Yeah. Even X-Men yeah. the first time around, Brian yep. Singer left and didn't make the third one. So at least the whole like cast and crew. That's my only that's all I'm saying about Brian Singer right now, I promise. That's all I'm gonna say. But that the um Oh I was gonna say friend of the pod, Brian Singer. Friend, all right, I like that friend of the pod. Well, he went to go make Superman Returns, which was another yes. uh, franchise stalling movie. So, yeah, whose whole um, whose whole i the whole idea behind that movie is this is the third Richard Donner Superman movie. Yeah, which you can kind of watch it as first... a nice little trilogy. You you could do Superman, yeah. Superman Two, and Superman Returns. Just there's really only one great one in there. Hey, here's a question for you. King mm. Penguins. Yeah, King Penguins provided by Birdland. Yes. So I think they were from somewhere in England. The UK. Oh, so it was King Penguins. Okay. King, yeah. So that's what I was reading about. It sounded sounded both interesting and also just I I am shocked. If I'm a studio head going, wait a minute. What are we spending money on? Uh, and we're also <laughs> doing the... Uh, we're also doing yeah. the Stan Winston, uh, who I'm sure he wasn't cheap. You know, this was no, he was in his prime. So I would have thought there would have been some sort of compromise. Animatronic penguins, though, are probably like nothing for Stan Winston. You know, that's true. Especially because around this time he would have been getting ready to make fucking dinosaurs. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's right. Jurassic Park is one year after this. We didn't mention the couple. Of, there were some CGI shots in this. Um, yes. stuff with the Batmobile and then the, the Batarang. And uh, it looks pretty good. It looks like they speed up the frame rate a little bit to hide they do. some of the maybe potential clunkiness, but it looks pretty good. Yeah, Jim uh, Jim Rigel. He worked on the Lord of the Rings movies. Uh, He's a Weta guy. Okay. Yeah. That's how you know you watch too many movies, when we can recognize the names. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just saw... V. Neal for makeup. She did the parts of the Caribbean movies. Oh my like, god! Do I, know I don't. I don't even know those things. Wow. Why do I know that? Again, I don't. I don't. I haven't fed my son, but I know that V. Neal <laughs> did the makeup for Pirates of the Caribbean, and apparently Batman Returns. Those are the important things. These, yeah. So yeah, in summary, I'm going to share this information with someone. Uh, that's why we're doing this. Well, and I need you to double check. You need to fact check me and Mark Marin. That's I, fascinating. And then there's, there's Killer Kowalski is from Stoneham. Uh, Nancy Kerrigan, of course, is from Stoneham. That's right. Um, Josh Gondelman, who I went to school with, is a writer and a stand-up. He works for the Last Week Tonight. He's from Stoneham. Who Mark knew? Mark Marin. Let's see. Who knew? Mario Cantone, the gay Italian guy from Sex and the City. Oh, we just watched uh, season two of White Lotus, and one of the main cast members is from Longmeadow, Mass, which is very no close way. to me. Yeah, that's also Abby, where... Abby and I, my wife and I, are currently working our way through the first season of the White Lotus. 
Which is excellent. Oh, and the, that, the Jake Leahy is from sure. Greenfield. Ah. Now we're it just, says now per we're... Wikipedia. <laughs> he was born in Jersey City. And he's a New Jersey guy. Who the hell am I thinking of then? I don't know. I'll Google that. Who's Kevin thinking of? There was someone who was from Stoneham who was like a, who was a prominent podcaster. Is it Matt Myra? Because he's from Stoneham. That's it. He does the my... James Bonding podcast. Ah, uh, I got my MMs confused. That makes sense. I know that because it's so random. I'm like Matt Myra. Well, there we go. I should have. I should not have uh, assumed that I knew more about Stoneham than you did. <laughs> Yeah, I know all about Stoneham. That makes more yeah, sense. Yeah, Matt Myra, comedian and podcaster. That's who I was talking about. Okay, okay. Yep. Yeah, I'll add. A, I'll add me, and then I'll go to. <laughs> I'll go to. I'll go to um, Westfield and add you. Wait, is that no? West is Westfield your hometown? No. Yes, Blandford. Yeah, Westfield. Well, yeah, both. Yeah, I, I lived in both. Both. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, our Batman returns. Discussion got derailed by talk of um, makeup artists and people from just random people who were born in yeah. Massachusetts. <laughs> but hey, now, now you, you know. know. And final verdict, yeah, Danny loves this movie. I do I like do. it a lot. I, I think it. after even seeing a lot of it, it's like, yeah, this imagery really does stay with me. And it's one of those nostalgia movies for sure. And the admiration I have for it is that Tim Burton got to make his movie. And it, like he has a lot of his own quirkiness and sensibilities and the screenwriter being from Heather's knowing that when I watched this movie last, knowing that there was a Heather's connection, it's like, yep, that makes a lot of sense too. That someone with that sort of thematic thought process was involved in making this movie. Yeah. I think something we've talked about before other Batman movies exist. Every time there's new Batman, we don't have to kill and bury all the previous Batman movies. So if you've never seen this or it's been a while since you've seen this, Check it out. And also check out the animated series, which is on HBO Max. Uh, it's Yes. I revisited it not that long, maybe, well, now like eight, ten years ago, but that holds up extremely well. And um, rest in peace to Kevin Conroy, who passed away, the voice actor. He died earlier this year. So. I know. So that show debuted in 92 as well, and it's fantastic. So definitely check that out. Check out Batman Returns. We should mention that I have seen Avatar... And Danny is about to see it, or you did see it? I have also seen Avatar. Oh, so our very next episode will be on yeah. on Avatar The Way of Water. Yes, indeed, folks. <laughs> Should be a doozy. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. I want to sell your death sticks. I don't want to sell your death sticks. You want to go home and rethink your life. I want to go home and rethink